AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen wolf And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys. Welcome to this week's episode of the PhD Podcast. This is your girl, Ebony, and this week's episode is going to be about health as well. Um, I don't have the pleasure, as you know, of introducing my guests, so let's jump right into it. So how did you find out that you had cancer? Um, When I found out, well, let me start from the beginning. So um, I was having issues with my foot like it was just to a point where I couldn't walk and so was it like swollen or no as every time I stepped on the ground like you know the actual motions of actually walking Mm -hmm. it was just so painful so um I was in North or South Carolina I think believe it was South Carolina it was random because it was like day one day I was fine the next day I was not able to walk and luckily for me I was gonna fly back home Right. Next day. So I go home um, and I go to the ER. Um, I had insurance. I just didn't have like a PCP because my old PCP changed and I just never updated a whole new brand new PCP. PCP, Mm -hmm. for those who don't know, is primary care physician. Yes, I was going to ask you for those who didn't know what this PCP means. Yeah, because a lot of times I say PCP, a lot of people's like, what? I was like, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so... um, I go to the emergency room. They just need to go talk to your PCP. I was like, I need a new one. So I'll go to the doctors, my local center, and uh, I'll inquire about getting a brand new one. So I got a brand new one. She's like, she starts asking me about my family history. She's like, oh, um, so tell me about yourself. Tell me about your family history. I mm-hmm. said, um, I'm the second of five kids. Um I have one brother that's still living and I have two other sisters that's still, that's still living. And my older brother passed away in uh, 2009. And she, um, she continues to say, how did he pass away? Mm-hmm. And so she was, uh, I was like, Oh, uh, colon cancer. But we didn't know until um, the, col- uh, the autopsy. Yeah. The and autopsy. How old was he? He was 25 and we are. Wow. Old- so when he passed away, I was 24. 
So oh, so y'all was close in age. Yeah, so very close. Yeah, only a year and two months apart. Wow. Um, so I'm telling her this, and then she's like, "Oh, so how?" Um, so I told her how old he was, and she was like, "Um, wait a minute," because I think when we when I was growing up, because at the time when I found out, I was 29, and when my by the time my brother passed away again, he's 25. So for us. At that age, we know that people have colon cancer, at mm-hmm. age, like in their forties or fifties. Right. Well, even when I we got the autopsy back for him, we were just like, "That's strange." Um, it's funny how, like, when you a certain age, you think that certain things happen to people of a age of a certain age. Like, you don't think that. I'm gonna tell you this: this whole experience for me and my family, it just times have changed because yeah. I think. With the with how food is processed these days and mm-hmm. things, or even our air is everything is co- like everything contrib- uh, contributes to all of this. But of course, mm-hmm. we'll get to that part. Right. Um, and so, um, so she's like, we need to set up a colonoscopy for you. And I'm over here, just like, why? I don't get it. So I'm just like, I'm fine. Like at this point, um, I had lost like about maybe eighty pounds. Eighty. Like, like around eighty pounds because I was. My my initial start weight was about 298 pounds. And then at that time, by the time I went in for that appointment, I was about 217, two, two something. And at that point, I had like an IG. My whole IG or my whole brand was um, dedicated to my health. And I only started my weight loss because of I have high blood pressure in my family and mm-hmm. diabetes. So I was like... So wait, so you was working out. You was into fitness. You was eating right. Mm-hmm. All of that. Mm. And so for me, I'm like, okay, I don't even know why why I got to go get this tested, whatever. Right, because you're not even thinking that that can be some, even be I'm a factor. At all. Because, again, it's just the ignorance because I don't know really much about cancer other than the fact that it like many people die from it. Right. But I, I just automatically assume and visualize someone who's without hair and frail. Mm. And I was heavy lifting and I was even um training to compete physically for competition like fitness competitions not the big bulky ones because you know she cute but <laughs> <laughs> what you trying to say <laughs> oh, child. but the I shady just, real baby <laughs> oh my god I just wanted to wear the crown the heels the glitter the right guy. You know the weave, um, <laughs> the makeup. I was, I was ready for. I was a bad day, and then so. Um, and how old, you was twenty nine, right? Was twenty nine. Wow! So you That's literally about to be one year from womanhood, like <laughs> being a real grown woman. Oh, you don't understand. Anyway, so um, and I can talk about it now because it's like God's been so good. So I can say it with a smile. I can say it with like, you know, whatever. But um, July 14th was the day that my colonoscopy was set for. So I'm mm. going, to, I was just like, can we just get this over with? I got things to do. So um, my coworker at the time, he, he brought me to the hospital. He stayed with me and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just like, okay, this is going to be a procedure. I've never went under for anything before. So mm-hmm. um, I think that was the only nervousness that I had because I was like, I've never been under. You just didn't know what to expect. I expect. I was just like, okay, so they're about to put a tube up my colon, mm-hmm. whatever. So um, they put me down um, and they're in the process of, well, first of all, 
for those who do not know what a colonoscopy is or even the prep is, the prep is disgusting. Like they give you this like this big freaking dumbass tub of uh. like I feel like it's bigger than a gallon, but it's probably the same amount of ounces, but it's just like this 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 powder supplement that you just add water to and you drink it, you drink it, you drink it. It's disgusting. Oh wow. And, and what is it supposed to do? It's supposed to clean out my whole insides. Like and And are uh, you shitting it or legit shit in it and to, it's even to the point where um i couldn't shit no more so i was shitting water like oh. like <laughs> everything was it, it was clean like I, I i felt clean i felt like i bet you did shit, <laughs> <laughs> shit. <laughs> when you shit in water all you can do is feel clean <laughs> like, like, i didn't even finish the whole thing like i honestly like that that whole that whole process is just, I just, I hate it. Um, so, so, wait, so before you had the procedure done, you had to drink that like right before or like a couple of hours the, before? The before. So basically if um, my appointment was on a Monday, mm-hmm. Sunday I couldn't eat mm-hmm. and I had to eat was Saturday. So I, what I did, because I was just like, well, well shit, if I ain't eating, let me go eat everything I want to eat. Might as well rock out with my cock out. <laughs> um, then on Sunday, my prep cons- can, uh, consisted of ginger ale, broth, popsicles, not red. Nothing could be red. Um, mm-hmm. popsicles, jello. Things that are light, that it seems. Everything that's, yeah, very light. Like, you, nothing solid. And that's the same prep that you would have, like, for any surgery, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think surgery is a bit different, but because they're going to my colon, like I legit cannot eat anything the day before. Um and so I didn't start drinking the the thing until like maybe eight o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Drink it halfway. Stop drinking it and then drink it again six hours before my appointment. My appointment was five o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning. That means I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning and start to back drink drinking. And I was just like, oh my God, this is disgusting. I hate the process. The process probably was even more excruciating. <laughs> wow. So, so you get to the appointment. I, I get to the appointment. They put me down. I'm like, okay, cool. I got, uh, you know, whatever. I just want to hurry up and get home. Mm-hmm. So I go under and I wake up in the middle of the procedure. Wait, and- so you was unconscious? Like you was knocked out? It was knocked out. Was wow. Knocked out. And you wake up in the middle of the procedure? And they said it was normal. I was like, um, y'all are not done. So I legit got a tube up my ass. And then I'm looking at the, at the um, something called the monitor. Mm-hmm. So basically, as the camera is up my ass, I'm looking at the screen. Like, I'm looking at the screen, and they see a polyp. Now, a polyp is just like a miniature, like, little, uh, um, it's, like some, it's like a little bump inside your colon. So oh, they took wow. Yeah, they they took it out, and that's not something that we all have. That's something that is common. Some people have it. Uh, 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 most people do, so they have it. And so, but wait, when you when, woke up, I mean, how did it feel? And you saw the thing up your ass. Like, was it uncomfortable? Yeah, it just felt like something up my ass. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. No, no, it, it really feels like something up your ass, bro. That's what it felt like. No. It was, it, it, you know, not to sound freaky or anything, but it wasn't uncomfortable. It was just something up my ass. Right. Like, 
whatever. But um, you know, everybody don't like backdoor action, so that's all. Yeah. Like. <laughs> oh, but but yeah, for me it was just like okay, um, right. But um, it felt it. It was more weird that I was able to wake up and see it than anything else. And did it like, freak you out? No, it didn't. It wow. freaked me out when this, like this, the strobe or the is it called a strobe? I don't know. The strobe light. It was a strobe light inside. Yeah, like, the strobe light. Yeah. So they're um they're pulling it out like I could, they're like oh it looks clean looks clean mm-hmm. at the very end while they're about to pull out the thing there was a pilot that looked weird and I looked at it and I was just like uh the that doesn't look normal what did it look like. Weird. It was. It looked like a pollock, but it was bigger. Uh, it was discolored. What color it was, was like, it? It was like so. My whole colon, my clean, my pretty colon was all pink. Uh, and then it got to the very end where it looked like it just looked like it, it was sick, like a little part of it was like damn, like it looked not red, but it was like black, gray, blue. Oh wow! And so the doctors are like, hmm. This looks interesting. Right. We'll take a of that. And so they'll say, they said, we'll take a biopsy of this. And I feel like they knew what it was, but they didn't want to make me feel nervous because they were like, well, we need to take, we need to send this out for biopsy just to make sure, you know, blah, blah, blah. Right. So then it was like, well, we'll let, we'll let you know if anything is up. So I'm like, okay. Um, of course, my friend from work, he drove me home. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and so I went. I went home and rested. The next day, well, got up for work, and I didn't get a call. So I'm like, "Ooh, I'm good." Mm-hmm. The next day after, so two days work, later, two days later. Oh like, my god! Two days later, like two days later, um, I'm driving. I'm literally driving home, like on the phone with my girls. Mm-hmm. Go home. I get a phone call from the hospital. I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking because they didn't call me yesterday that everything is cool. Right. I mean, that's what anybody would think. If you don't call me, but then the next day, that day, right? he was like, um, oh, uh, Miss Blank, he was like, uh, we, we examined the biopsy from the colonoscopy and we found cancer. Oh, and I was my like, God. And you're uh, driving. Doesn't know I'm driving, so he, it took him a while for him to realize that he, he should have asked me. You know, are you? I mean, at least you? have the common courtesy because you don't know what I'm doing. Okay, like, what? I, to this day, I still don't know how I didn't crash into something. Like, like as soon as he said that, ooh. what was your reaction like? I mean, I I can only I can't even imagine your reaction on top of you driving. <laughs> I. I was numb at the point because I didn't I didn't really know what to do. I I don't even know how my foot was on the the gas pedal or mm. brake or how my arms were on the steering wheel. Right. Like it was like one of those moments that I can't really explain it to you because I don't think I was there. Wow. Yeah, I was I I honestly was not at that at that place. And so and then I was just like so for me again being ignorant I'm like so is it benign or uh, or or malignant? He was just like it's malignant. I was like, okay, now explain the two, the difference so, between two. For those who don't know, benign is something that they can remove easily. Uh-huh. Like, like it's, I feel like it's like it's a tumor that's like in a capsule where they could they could just remove it and it's like 
okay, boom. Once we remove it, you good. Okay, you're good. Um, or it could be something where they have to monitor it sometimes because if it's a benign tumor, sometimes they'll like monitor to see if it grows. Some hospitals are weird like that. I don't know why anyone would think it's okay for them to leave something cancerous or a tumor inside, but whatever. Well, you know, that's politics, but that's a different story. Yeah, but anyway. Um, and so he said malignant, and malignant is basically, it's, 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 there's a possibility that if there's no capsule around the cancer, that it's, it's possible that it can spread throughout all your organs. Oh, wow. Or any of your organs. So I was like, okay. Um, well, I'm driving. That's why I literally said, he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have asked you that first. Well, no and, shit. <laughs> right. And so I was like, okay. So I was like, you know what? I can't, I can't talk right now. Um, I just don't know what to think or what to do. He was like, you need to set up an appointment with your PCP. And I was like, um, oh, wait, we already alerted your PCP. So you need to call them. So I was like, okay. Mm. Call the PCP. I was just like, I just got the word um, from the doctors. They said that I have cancer. They were like, we need to see you ASAP. Oh, um, my God. 29. 29. Diagnosed so this, with colon cancer. Right. So this oh. is where I'm home. I get home and I'm like, I can't tell anyone anything. I can't tell anyone anything. Why? And it, for me, it's more so like, I can't, it's like, it's weird. During my whole time that I had this, um, this illness, the hardest part was telling my loved ones. Mm. Like that, to me, I'm just like, okay. especially since you're, I can understand this, especially since your um, older brother yeah, passed away from it. And at that time, my parents were both out of the country, living their life, love you to loca, in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a whole different country. And so I didn't want to worry them. Like, it's mm. so but I'm over here worried about everybody else. So right. it's, like, it's just so strange. But anyway, so I get home. My sister didn't go to work that day. So she's like, oh, hey, I'm literally, I walked in. We're talking, blah, blah, blah. I'm pretending like nothing's wrong. Oh, my and, God. Yep. Then she's like, "Hey, did you ever get a response back from the uh, from the um, from the colonoscopy?" I started crying. Oh, uh, it's like a bull, like a switch. Yeah, because I couldn't. Like, you, I'm like, why would she ask me? That? Right. I was. Oh my gosh! Like, why would she ask me that? I was like, what? And she, and you know, she was trying to be strong for me, but she couldn't cry. But um. But she saw, of course, she was, uh, of course, because I was crying. But I ended up hearing her sob over, like, in another room when, um, yeah. later on. And it's, like, so, so, I don't, it's, yeah, it was just so crazy for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, of course, that's when, like, all the doctor appointments had to come. Like, what I mean, I did a, a back-to-back, like, so I go to the next day, I go meet up with my PCP, and she's like, okay. Um, we need to do a CAT scan. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you this, God was all over my whole thing the whole entire time. Despite the fact that I was being told this, like, I was, now I'm looking back, I'm just like, no, God had his hand the whole Listen, time. Covering the blood of Jesus, baby. I'll tell you this, like, I live, like, every time, uh, anyway, so I have to, she's like, you need to go get a CT scan. I was like, what, why? She was like, we need to know if the cancer spread. I don't want to hear stuff like this. I don't want to hear it. Right. What do you mean if the cancer spread? It seems like since you found out, it was everything became so sudden. Yeah, it was just like 
wait. I mean, but then again, it's like, do you really have the time to like let it soak in? You know, it, it, yeah, it's, it's like I didn't during the day. This is this is my life. I, on during the day, during the day, I had no time to let it sink in because I was too busy trying to figure out what was going on with me. Mm-hmm. At night or when I was by myself, yeah. those are times I couldn't think about anything else. That was so summer of 2014 was probably the busiest summer because I was always out because it was a distraction. Uh, so you were so you was going out and like oh yeah I was I was going to be that person to say like I'm not going anywhere like I can't face other like no one knows I can't face other people when they don't know like like I got this going on I told oh my best my friend God. and I was just like oh my god and again this is re- another reason why I could not tell other people. I went and called my one of my best friends and I'm telling her this and she starts crying. At this point, I already had did my crying right. because I'm just trying to get well. Like, I don't really care about anything else right now. I'm just trying to get well. So she's crying and then she and then I was, she, I was like, I don't want to go out. And she's like, no, bitch, we're going out. Like, I was just like, okay. She's like, you ain't dead. And I was like, you know what? You're right. So at that point, maybe three people knew. Mm. My sister uh and my two best friends and mind you that summer my my other best friend moved to atlanta mm. and i was like and so she's calling me like do you need me to move back up i was like no like <laughs> no you can stay right there you can stay right there where you are and so um uh, my best friend's taking me out one of my best friends she's taking me out taking me out and i'm literally out at barbecues talking to people like you know at, out at functions out the clubs i'm talking to people and um and this is the summer of 2014 2014 wow. like that's of y'all nigga move that dough or fight <laughs> like, I, I think when i hear those songs i automatically think oh of i can imagine yep like, like you probably get like kind of stuck what do you mean stuck stuck as in like like when i hear certain songs and it, it reminds me of certain moments of people or certain events that happen in my life especially when it has a certain connotation with it I just get stuck because I see myself. Ha- I see myself in the past when that song was playing. Depending on what it is, because I feel like because I was delivered, uh-huh. I was like, for me, I'm like, uh, oh, man, look- reminiscing, like, like, dang, yeah, I, I, so, yeah, right, like I went so, through this, but look, look where I'm at now. I beat it. I, I listen to those songs that, like, I listen to those songs, and I automatically think of the time I was out while I was sick right. like it, it doesn't fail um drunken love like drunken love that summer that they were killing it I was in the club and I remember that because I was out for my friend's birthday we didn't they didn't find out until the week after because I ended up making it public but anyway going back to um CT scan so I do the CT scan and um I go to this um, hospital that's usually known um for treating trauma that's where I actually got my had my colonoscopy Went over there. I was just like, oh, this janky ass hospital. Like, why am I even? <laughs> why you call it janky? Uh, janky. Like, <laughs> I, I'll tell you why she thought I was janky. So I go to the CT scan and they did the scan, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they said, go to your PCP. That same week I went over. They were just like, we can't find, they can't find your documents. I was like, why can't what? they find my documents? I did the, I, CT scan. They were like, we can't find your documents. The reason why they couldn't find my documents is because they spelled one letter wrong after oh, I confirmed the spelling yeah. of my name. You know what? 
I can't. And so the reason why my sister says I'm bougie is because that same day that I went in for my CT scan, the doors didn't work. And I was just like, oh, hell no. So I'm going to a hospital with a door. Girl, if, oh. I, if that would have been, I, that would've been me, I would have been thinking like, oh my God, like, it's a sign. <laughs> like, I was, like, no. I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm going. So I ended up going to one of the, I was like, after those doors didn't work and they lost my names, my my name, I was like, I'm going to ask for my P, my PCP for a referral for one of the top cancer hospitals in the in in the U.S. and it's right down is not too far from the. Hotel. I was like, I need a referral now, girl. The original hospital after I found that I was sick was talking about. I'm just July. They were talking about okay, so our next appointment's in September. What? Never. Nah. So you tell Same me in July I'm diagnosed mm. with cancer, but you want me to come back for a follow up in September? Mm. Like, September. what the fuck be wrong with people? You know, <laughs> you, I don't get it. And mind you, I went when I made that decision to go to the other hospital. That hospital saved my life because the minute I went to that hospital, it was like boom, 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 boom. Check, check, check. But the- oh wait, in the midst of huh? all of this, were you in pain? There's no pain. Remember, I didn't know. Wow. I, I had no idea I was sick. And so I had to go to the other hospital to find out maybe I'm not really sick. Maybe get let me get a second opinion. When the hospital told me, Oh no, you have it. I was like, Oh shit. Okay, so what are we doing now? They was like, right. we got your CT scan um uh, results. It shows that the cancer did not spread. That I was like, oh my gosh. That I knew God God was with me this whole time. Then they were like, we need another test. I literally, I was in a hospital maybe every day since. So between July, August, September, I was in a hospital almost every day. So mm-hmm. at that point, I was like, I was kind of like desensitized to um, testing needles and stuff like that because I was getting it like every day. It was to the point where I was just like, do you need to draw my blood today? You just got it yesterday. Like, I just don't. Right. Like, it was so weird. Like, I was just like, I don't want to be here. Um, right. Going to these doctors, it was like, we don't know if we could do chemo. We don't know if we could do radiation yet. We don't know where, like, it hasn't spread. We, so right now you need to do an endoscopy. For those who don't know what an endoscopy is. Mm-hmm. What is it? It's like, let me see. It's a, it's a scope of the, it's, it's similar to a, a lower endoscopy, so they just basically want to get. Um, oh, I the whole time I'm talking, I never specifically told what kind of cancer I had. I had colorectal, so it was colorectal cancer. So it was the cancer was at the very end of my colon to the point where it's at the very part of my rectum. So oh my god! So it, you didn't even have colon cancer. You, it was, it like... was colorectal, like it was right at the very tip of my ass, like legit. Now, is that a very rare cancer to have? I don't think so. Wow. I now, I think it's rare for my age. Oh, right. Yeah, so I think that's because even when I walked in to the hospitals and they would read my um, read my file, the doctor was just like, wow, you're young. And I was just like, no shit. Like, I'm just like, yeah. And so... But is this the same like, now that your brother has the same? I'm young. I don't get it. Just, you know, get this out of me. 
did your brother have the same type of cancer or did he actually have colon cancer? He had colon cancer. They never uh, specified it. Specified, yeah. But it was just colon. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, um, oh yeah, so they said like we're going to do a lower endoscopy. So they basically wanted to see how deep the cancer was in my colon. If they could, uh, if they wanted to do a resection of my colon which is basically to cut a piece of my colon or for me to Mm. have an um, an ostomy bag which is a bag for me to poop out of for the rest of my life so basically what no colon take it all out but wait at this point did you tell your parents yet oh yeah I forgot they came because I'm like, girl, you you was doing this with this. I think like... the, the, they didn't know about the CT, but they were around for the endoscopy. Okay. okay. Actually, wait a minute. Hold on. Yeah, they were around for the endoscopy. So let me backtrack for a second. They come back from from um wherever they came from, and I I was when I mean shit and bricks just to tell them and. I was, I just, I didn't know. And I was like, okay, guys, I have to, like, my sister was making fun of me. And I thank God for my family because we're a bunch of jokesters and all we do is, like, <laughs> jokes. Because if it mm-hmm. wasn't for them, like, if it wasn't for my sister, I kid you not, I probably would be, like, devastated because all we did was crack jokes. And other people were looking from outside, looking in, probably was like, this is a very sensitive thing. I was like, yeah, it is. But girl we were just we were just cracking jokes the whole time and i know it's at the expense of my health but we were just cracking jokes so my sister's cracking jokes at me but that probably also helped you like get oh, through no, it, it definitely helped me through it. right and, ain't nothing like a good jokey right. joke shit so she's like, <laughs> she's like Funny, i've never seen you look so nervous in my life she's like every time like it was <laughs> <laughs> She was like, oh my gosh. And it was like my parents were just talking about stuff that was similar to it. And they were like talking about how they they where they were in their old country, like oh their country it was like, Oh yeah, so and so died of stomach cancer and I'm over here just shit and bricks because I'm just like I, I can't tell them now. I can't tell them. And Susie's just right. oh, she's like dying laughing, but um I eventually tell them and my parents were just, surprisingly, I thought they would have break down and cry. Um and my father said that one of the like dopest things that I was actually surprised because he took my brother's death so hard. And mm. you ain't going nowhere. You're too strong for this. That's what he said to me. And like, mm. oh, okay. Well, that was easy. And it- I mean, yeah, I can just only imagine how that. I mean, anybody dying is a is is very um, unfortunate. But to have somebody pass away at such a a young age, like twenty. Five and then to pass away to colon cancer, five like that's it's it's crazy, you know. Yeah, so it's like, so my parents are just what's crazy with it. I think it was also funny because us being West Indian, they were trying to cure my cancer with tea leaf. <laughs> I kid you, <laughs> like get this damn tree away from my mouth. Like I don't want to have anything to do with it. They, um, I think it's cute though, <laughs> but I was like, this is not gonna help me. But anyway, so I go in for an endoscopy, um, mm-hmm. and the endoscopy is basically just to see the measure how deep the cancer is in my colon. 
then right. God came through. I woke up in the middle of that too. Like I was just like, what the hell? I feel like God was telling me to wake up in the middle of it just so I can see, like, like mm. just to see like His glory. I kid you not. But anyway, so he, um, I wake up in the middle of it, and the doctors are like excited, and they were like, oh my gosh, it's superficial, and they were like, and I was like, what the hell does that mean? That cancer was sitting pretty right on top of the colon. It didn't get through the colon. It was just sitting right on top of it. So basically, it they were able to remove it. It was like they were just like we could remove this, like easy. Wow. And so, um, like basically, they that appointment was going to determine if I was going to do chemo or radiation. But even the and then the, what was the outcome? Did you do either no, or? No, because well, I didn't find out until after the whole thing ended up. Because I, they still were like, I'm not sure, ma'am. You might have to do chemo and radiation. And I was just like, well, they said it was superficial. They're like, yeah, but we still don't know. And I, I understand it because the thing is that, like, again, like the hospital I ended up transferring over to. What I mean, mm-hmm. like the all they do is do cancer research. Like that's they're they're known for cancer. That whole so I get it. They just want to make sure that it's all gone. Um. Oh yeah, and by that time I had cut my hair because I was just like, well, since it's all gonna be off anyway. I... <laughs> so you did a shortcut. You was preparing yourself mentally. I was preparing myself mentally. I was just like, okay, let me go shorter. Mind you, I was natural for all this year. All these years, I had long hair and everything. Um, granted, I wore a good weave, but that's nobody's business but mine. But um, <laughs> but I had hair, and yeah, I cut it. I put I slapped a tra- I, I slapped a, a creamy cracker on there. I was just like, well, I might as well be cute through this process. For those of work. you who don't know what creamy crack is, yeah. oh, creamy crack, that's, that's that good old part. The, the relaxer. <laughs> Before leading up to the surgery. Mm-hmm. Like, what was the things that you had to do to prepare for the surgery? And did they, so did you ever have to go through chemo and radiation too? Mm-hmm. So for surgery, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen just yet. Because after I found out that it didn't, it was superficial. I had another appointment with mm-hmm. my oncologist. The oncologist is a doctor that specifically, uh, they're, they're specialized in blood. Um, so I went for okay. my oncologist and she was like, okay. Um, you have type one T two cancer. I was like, what the hell's a T two? I don't know what it is still to say. To this right. They were like type one T two. They basically said that you your cancer was caught so early that it didn't affect your health like it didn't affect your health. And, oh, that's amazing. Oh, okay. And because they already knew at that time because we became best friends because I was at the hospital like almost every day. So I was like, mm-hmm. y'all, I gotta go to the gym, y'all. <laughs> like I'm trying to go to the gym, and the gym was my um my stress relief. So yeah, mm-hmm. even the same day I found out I was diagnosed, I went to the gym. Same day I went and got wow. uh, the CT scan, I went to the gym. Like I was like I was always at the gym, and so um and say so they knew about it because I was running ten, I was running five Ks every 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 um every week or every- so you were like very active yeah, like so very like even on point with your health oh, yeah so the doctors were just like yo you put me to shame and um and they said to me legit they were just like we strongly believe this cancer looking at this cancer this cancer was probably developing in your two years 
Wow. Two freaking years. And I'm like, wow. And two years prior was when I started my weight loss journey. It was crazy. Mm. And they said, we probably are going to say that we accredit your healthy lifestyle for it to slow down because of how you ate and how you take care of yourself. Because you was, you was fighting. They didn't even know you was putting up a good fight. I was. How am I fighting something I didn't even know I was fighting? Like, All right. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? So the, I was just like, so do I have to do chemo? They were like, we still don't know. We are going to book you out for a uh, for surgery in September. At this point, we were in August. So basically, mm-hmm. I probably was like maybe three weeks out before surgery. And so, um, so I was like, okay. There was like, we, it's really too early to say. Uh, we need to make sure that this cancer does not come back. And it's sad to say, but we're also thinking about an ostomy bag because you are very young and we don't want this cancer to come back. So the ostomy bag is basically a bag that I would have attached to my abdomen for the rest of my life where, because I don't, where would I poo? I wouldn't be pulling out my, my ass anymore. I would really be, the waste would be developed, like like collected in this bag at my what? abs. For the rest of my life and I'm only 29 so I'm just like I don't want to hear this but the whole time I'm over here pleading the name of Jesus like the blood of Jesus like oh no I'm not, I'm not getting a bag and right like but there's a possibility I said I'm not getting a bag I'm not getting one right at that point because I already knew at this point the cancer was uh type one uh t2 and that um that I will be having surgery because I had built my whole brand at that time dedicated to my health, I had to tell people. So I went ahead and told friends, not my, like uh-huh. my best friend knew, but I had to go tell my other friends that were close enough for me to tell. I told them first. Um, and then I went ahead and made a post online about it. Wow. And I made this whole post and throughout the whole post, God was in that. Like I was just like, my purpose has not been fulfilled yet. So it's just like, I ain't going nowhere. I was mm-hmm. like, and one of the things that really got me through was the fact that after I was told I was sick and after I did my crying, after the late nights up and everything like that, what really got me through was me looking in the mirror and looking at myself. And I was like, a couple, like, you know, a couple weeks ago, a month ago, mm-hmm. before I was sick, I still looked the same. Like, I was just like, so that means I'm still fenna. So I was just like, I don't want to lose myself. So I think mm-hmm. my mental really helped me a lot um, in regards to me getting through all of this. So I posted online and and I, I was I posted everything online, literally. I had people call me talking about that they had issues with yeah. their own colon and that they were afraid of sharing it with other people or they were afraid to get tested. They went and got tested. A lot of people ended up hitting me up talking about like my faith has made them more faithful because they understand yeah. as to how something like this can happen to someone and still have the like the the ability to still go on people were so shocked because they were just like we just went out together like we were just out we just went out like we just celebrated like but you know I always tell people it's very important to like share your stories because you just never know who you can help in the long run like by you sharing your story, like, you were able to help people increase their faith in God, you know? Because mm-hmm. you didn't look like your story. You were still doing your thing. You were still um, doing what you have to do. And you wasn't, like, 
you wasn't looking like, oh, I'm sad. Why is this happening to me? You know, you kept going. Yeah. Because I was like, I ain't dead. Like, and I, I think, I thank God for my friend who was just like, girl, we're coming out. We're going out. And because of that, it's just like, yeah, it started as a distraction, but it was just a reminder that I ain't dead and gone yet. Like, I still, right. I, got, I still got things to do. And I also had to think about because I was like, my purpose has not been fulfilled yet. Because I was like, I didn't fulfill anything yet. I didn't fulfill shit. Uh-huh. But um, now I understand that my testimony doesn't belong to me. And it was just like, now I now I share about, I share it. Um, but I also re- believe that uh, I was used as an instrument with, with my diagnosis. Uh, uh-huh. In regards to like other people seeing me and seeing how I dealt with it and... Um, and and I kid you not, there's people who have to go through way worse than I had to. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, wait, let's, I always tell people, it can always be a lot worse, man. Yeah, it can always be a lot worse because I didn't have, I, God grant, like, gave me the ability to, like, not have to go through chemo and radiology. And um, mm. it was like, after my surgery, I was in, I was inpatient in the surgery. I was in the hospital for a whole week because I couldn't they would not release me until I actually defecated. Like, they were just like, you can't leave. So you, you was in there for a week yeah. after the, the surgery. surgery. I could not poop. They, they were like, you so, cannot leave until you, because we need to make sure that your colon works. So wait, once you took a poop, how did that feel? Not to be graphic or anything, but like, I cried. was it painful? I cried because I was oh. so happy. I was like, wow. I was so happy. And mind you, I'm telling you this, my experience at the hospital was lit. <laughs> <laughs> I was first of all probably a day before the hospital. No, two days before the no three maybe like my surgery was Tuesday. Um, that Friday, I go in for my final appointment, and it was like, okay, ma'am, you have to mark where you where you want the ostomy bag. I was like, I rather not because I'm not getting one. Yeah, we're not speaking that shit to existence. You gonna get this out my system, and I'm gonna be shitting the same way. The lady was like, I know this is uncomfortable for you. But you have to mark it. And I was just like, oh. So I marked it right on my right side. I marked it right there. With like, and me just marking it just brought me this, like, in a whole depression. Like, I was just like, I don't want to mark it because I'm not getting one. But anyway, so um, they're talking to me. Da, da, da. So I'm like, okay, they tell me, you can't eat this. You can't eat that. Get ready. So that whole process I talked to you about earlier about that big tub, I got to take it again. I was like, oh my goodness. Uh, I'm so over this. I'm so over it. But what's crazy is that I booked the photo shoot two days before my appointment. I did my eyelashes on that that Saturday. I had my photo shoot on Sunday. I don't even know why I did the photo shoot, honestly. I was just like, I want a photo shoot. But you know Uh, what? You have to do things that's going to make you feel good, regardless of what the circumstances is. Like, if this is gonna make you feel good about something before you step into something that's life changing, mm-hmm. listen, do it. Yeah. So I did this photo shoot, got my hair cut and everything, I got my lashes done. Like, you know, or can it might make you feel your happiest, but you. Right, 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 right. And mind you, I um also was like, ain't nobody gonna come visit me with some dusty ass face. Like I need. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So, um, so, and all uh, this is going on in 2014. All this is going on, mind you, my friends, my friends are all like, I even had a, I, I even had two cancer parties, like, legit. 
Child. I, was, I had two <laughs> cancer parties, one at work. And the other one was like my friend, she was like, um, he she had an empty house. Like, and so she just had a party. I just invited people. It's like, I'm having a pre-surgery party, come through. Like I'm over here inviting people over. <laughs> you know who So now oh my god huh? all my guy friends did not know how to deal. They were super emotional. Mind you, all my girlfriends were just like, fuck it, fuck it, Well, you know, women can handle things a little way more better than yeah. men anyway. So I like I kid you not, all my male friends, they were just like male friends. All my guy friends were just like, oh my gosh, like how are you doing? I was like, nigga, can you speak? Like, I was like, can you speak? Like, you see me here physically attending a party. Like, you know, I'm good. Like, you know, I, you know, yes, you do know about it. Yes, it's horrible. But it's just like, men really do deal with things. They deal with things differently. Way differently. And it's like, Lord Jesus. Like, when it hits them, it hits them. Like, it takes them a longer time for it to process, and when it does process, it takes them a longer time to get over it. It's, it's just, it's just, I got to baby you just for what's going on with me. Like, I, I got to go rub your back because of what's going on with me. Like, right, just, it was crazy, and so um, I was dolled up for that. Blah blah. Um, surgery day comes, and my my very 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 one of my very best friends, she's she picks me up. She takes her boyfriend's car. And drops and picks me up at my house at four o'clock in the morning to bring me to my appointment. That's what uh, I was supposed to be at the hospital by seven. She up mm-hmm. at four o'clock in the morning. She was like, "We're going to Mexico." She gets this like uh, she brings like a sombrero hat. Like she got the. Mm-hmm. She's like, "We're going to Mexico. We don't even think about the hospital. We're going to Mexico." And she's like, "You have your luggage. You have your passport." And I'm just like, "Yeah." Um, <laughs> 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 so, no. But you need people like that around you, right. man. Because imagine you got people around you. I mean, don't get me wrong; it's a a very sensitive topic, and you know you want to. You need to have people around you that's positive, like that's gonna uplift your spirits. Like, yeah, let's go to Mexico because saying we going to Mexico and having a good time is better than saying I'm going to have surgery to remove cancer. You know? Yeah, and it it really kind of like alleviated some butterflies because again this time I'm really going under the knife like knife like before it was just strobe lights and tubes and what right but this time I'm getting cut up like so so we're on our way so yeah no go ahead go ahead no, so we're on our way we get there and um of course she's like okay they um you know they say oh yeah um patient you know come through and she uh, mm-hmm. And then she was like, I'll see you on the other side of Mexico. I'll have a drink ready for you and everything like that. So I was like, okay. They put me in the bed. They had me count backwards or say my name. Like, sp- uh, how do you spell your name? I, w- I was like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, don't spell it. Like, oh, I'm it. <laughs> you know, I almost did too. <laughs> I know, I know. I was like, don't spell it. And then all of a sudden, I was under and I woke up. The very first thing, because I, I, all I could hear was the doctor saying that was a success. And the very mm-hmm. first thing I did was touch my stomach. I didn't care about anything else because I was like making sure that that bag was not there, and that bag was. Okay. I was like, "What?" So that was 2014. We are now in 2018. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be? Oh, better yet, how does it feel to beat cancer ash, yo? It's crazy. My friends say that. 
it's weird. I think I I feel like my friends view me way different. They're just like, mm-hmm. nigga, you just beat this. Like, you're not even normal because it's like we have like out of my friends, I don't think, I don't think any anyone else has like people have been affected by can- uh, cancer, but yeah. my crew like, uh, no one has actually had it and beat it, and so they're just like shoot if she she can't like she's invincible like nothing can touch her and i'm just like don't say things like that like <laughs> but you know i i will say that cancer did birth something out of me that i mm-hmm. didn't have before i i've always been a smart mouth but for me i feel like there was there's a boldness that supports that smart mouth so now no one can say nothing to me but <laughs> but there's a there was a, there was like a form of timidity that i had Mm. That I didn't want to say things in the fear of offending anyone, but now I'm just like, no, you're good. I'm gonna say it. I'm not gonna hold no holds bars. I'm gonna say everything I gotta say. Or block. Right. Um, my worship has been bolder. My worship has been like super bold, like to a point where, if I got on the mic before cancer, I was like, I don't want to get on the mic. But now I'm just like, no. Um, I'm gonna sing my praises. People probably gonna listen to this like, oh my gosh, she be cussing. I'm normal. Thank you guys. Anyway, so <laughs> um, yeah, I got a shitty mouth too, yeah. man. So, <laughs> but anywho, I get my mouth is shitty. It's just like, but before I was like, oh my yeah. god, yeah. Um, but anyway, no, no one knows who this is. So guess what? Anyway, so um, <laughs> but there's like, there's like something that birthed out of me. Like even my guy friend, he was like, yo, I kid you not, since you since you beat cancer. It's like you have no fear, and that's wow. like for somebody else to look from that outside and looking in. That's like freaking dope. So, right, I look at it that. Yeah, yeah. And the last question, um, because I think your story is just amazing. Like, you know, I'm just so happy for you, and just congratulations. Like, you know. I think that your story, your whole outlook on it is just completely different because, you know, most people would have went into it sad and, you know, depressed, and but you still went out. You still look good. Like, you did not look like your story, no, you know? because I even, like, my pictures, like, I would look at pictures and, like, I should just post a whole bunch of pictures and say, this is what I look, this is what cancer looks like. Like, this is what I look like. I was out. And, then, and that's so true because when you do see pictures of people with cancer, you see, like you said, that you know, a person with a bald head, somebody that does, that kind of looks sickly. Like you already have a negative connotation when it comes um, illness. So, but with you, it's like you were looking your best. You know? Yeah, I had to. So, what is some advice you would give to others who may be going through cancer now, um, who may think they have cancer but they're afraid to like go get tested, like? What would you say to them? It ain't over. That's it. Right. It's never over until it's over. And so it's like you there are times you're gonna feel tired, you don't want to do this anymore, blah blah, but at the end of the day it's not over. And I think when I heard that news when I was driving, I thought it was over. And mm-hmm. I, I definitely thought it was like, Well damn, like oh look, here I go, twenty nine, I'm I'm about to kick the bucket. All I did was get the phone call. But I've done so much during that summer 2014 that no one would ever believe that I was going through any of that shit. Why going mm. through it? And 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 I'm looking back, I was just like, and I'm 
now that I'm 33, I'm like, I, it, it, wow. I'm, it's not over. Um, it's like life, life still goes on. Like I still went to work, although I had to file FMLA because I was always out, but I was still going right. to work. Um, I, business life didn't stop. It made it slow it down. It made it slow but down. It stop. didn't stop. But that's also for a lot of things. Like regardless of cancer, it's like there's gonna be bumps that happen in your life that it's going to slow down, but it doesn't mean like it's going to stop, like at all. Amen, sis. Sometimes you gotta slow down. I feel like it's crazy. I really believe that God gave this gave this to me. Had me had to go through this for me to realize like I needed him mm-hmm. and that I need to slow down because sometimes we're so quick on we need to do this, 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 and then boom, something happens. And now you, you can't do what you used to do. Not to say that you can't, but you can't do it. Like you won't, you don't have the ability to do it, but it's just to kind of have our attention or just to see, you know, um, how our faith is. And I, I'm really faith-based. Um, you know, I believe in one God, one God only. Uh, not everyone's like that, but that's me personally. But I, mm-hmm. I honestly do believe that, you know, earlier that year, I said to myself, I prayed to him, and I said, I need you. I need to be in a place where I need you more than anything else. And mm. same year, on New Year's Eve, on into the new year, on New Year's Day uh, of 2014, that's when I made that prayer. And then that happened. I don't ever remember me needing God any other time. Wow. Ever. And so lesson learned. I need to be specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, you listen, I got a couple of lessons on making sure you be careful of what you ask for sometimes. Cause you gotta be you gotta tell that man what you want. Yeah, tell him what you want because you <laughs> exactly be what you want. Specific. But yeah, so the lesson would be that it's never over. It's it ain't over. It ain't over. Keep fighting. Well, thank you so much. Um, you I already know this is going to be one of my favorite episodes. You know, for those of you that's out there listening, if you have any questions for our guests, you know, please email me at hello at the professional homegirl.com. You have any advice, any tips, any questions? I'll make sure that my guest get, um, gets it to her in a timely manner. And until then, y'all. Later. Got my Prevnar 20 shot. It's a pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. For us wise folks, it helps protect. I'm 19, strong. And asthmatic and at higher risk? Get vaccinated. But, but nothing when grandma speaks. Grandson listens. 19 or older with chronic conditions like asthma, diabetes, or chronic heart disease, or 65 plus, you may be at higher risk for pneumococcal pneumonia. Prevnar 20 can help protect you with just one dose. Prevnar 20 is approved for adults to help prevent infections from 20 strains of the bacteria that cause pneumococcal pneumonia. Continued approval may depend on a supportive study. Don't get Prevnar 20 if you've had a severe allergic reaction to the vaccine or its ingredients. Adults with weakened immune systems may have a lower response to the vaccine. Side effects include pain and swelling at the injection site, fatigue, headache, muscle, and joint pain. For full prescribing information, please call 1-855-213-2138 or visit Prevnar 20.com. Ask your doctor or pharmacist about getting vaccinated with Prevnar 20, even if you've already received another pneumococcal pneumonia vaccine. It's brand new season two. 
I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilbur Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net.